0: Our guest today is Rahul Saptankar. Rahul is a distinguished scientist, senior director at Google Research, leading the Machine Perception Org. How are you doing?
1: Good, good. Nice to see you. How are you doing?
0: Good, good. Um, Thanks for taking the time to do this.
1: Yeah, it's my pleasure.
0: (laughs) Um, Yes, I have um, a list of questions um, and some of it might Uh, some of it might be light, you might not need to think about it too much. But if some of them need more thought, feel free to pause um, and think about it more. Um, You don't have to feel pressure to sort of give quick, or brief answers. We can skip over questions if we want to. If we run out of time, we don't have to cover everything. Um, And so, but in general, if you can sort of err on the side of being open and transparent, I think that will be good to the extent that you're comfortable.
1: Sure, please. And uh, I'm happy to have you push me if you, you know. (laughs) to make that possible. Yeah.
0: Sounds great. Um, so my first question is, what were you doing just before this call?
1: This happens to be a really busy time. So I I kind of have back to back meetings today. And so this is my lunchtime and I'm happy to spend it with you.
0: <laughs> yeah. I hope you'll get a chance to eat lunch at some other point. then. But I will.
1: I will. I'll yeah. get a brief uh, lunch right after
0: this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what is your daily routine like?
1: well let's see so uh i tend to i tend to work best late at night uh, but you know uh that's just the way i've been when i was a grad student um uh you know these days i uh, i tend to have uh, morning meetings with folks in europe and then because the most of uh most of my days with folks in california it tends to skew late so i tend to you know wake up take a shower get something to eat and then start my work day, take a break. And then in the, um, in the evenings, I really try to take time to do some martial arts. So I've been really lucky to get a chance to practice with people I used to train with years ago. And especially in COVID, it's good to be able to kind of do something like that. So I take a couple of hours, um, some days a week, and then you know, dinner. And then uh, depending on how things are, I tend to do some work uh, at night as well, yeah.
0: Um, what tends to be the favorite part of your day?
1: So I think uh, it's a tricky question because it depends on what I'm trying to do. Um, in general, the least favorite part of my day is probably the morning. So when I wake up, I'm actually still in general, not fully awake. <laughs> you know, I have to have like a shower before I, uh, before I'm fully, fully awake. But uh, I think a lot of, I think in many ways, the night is my favorite time. quiet and uh, you know I tend to yeah tend to find it's the right time when I'm trying to do anything that's kind of individual work
0: at least yeah. Um, What chore do you dislike the most and why?
1: Wow that's an interesting (laughs) question. What chore do I dislike the most? I guess unclogging drains (laughs) is not Something I I try to approach everything with the with the right spirit, and I learned something from everything I do. But unclogging drains, like putting a snake down drain and things like that, I think it uh, I think it took me a while to appreciate, you know, why it's a you know interesting thing in itself, Uh, and yeah, I I learned something from it as well. So I think unclogging drains, where I think it teaches you that the simple solution of just pouring something down there is probably not the right way to approach that, and maybe that's a lesson.
0: In life. Mm, interesting interesting um do you struggle with
1: procrastination i used to struggle more with procrastination when um maybe when i have more time i think mm. with less time i struggle less with procrastination there are always things that are competing uh in terms of you know what you could do uh but now yeah i i think that at some point in my life procrastination didn't seem to be the thing that really is is the the issue. And I think, um, you know, that doesn't necessarily mean I'm uh, making the most effective use of my time. That's very different. But procrastination, to me, qualitatively felt different than, you know, some of the challenges I face. Yeah.
0: Maybe this is a little related to the next question. Do you struggle with time management?
1: Hmm. I think... Having commitments where other people depend on me for things is highly motivating. I don't want to let people down. Right. So there could be things uh, that, and so if if someone is depending on me for something, then, you know, there's no struggle. I really, it's harder to make time for the things that are important, but they're not urgent, whether it might be for you, for your organization, for others. And I think those are the ones where, It's, uh, yeah, I mean, I think it's something that I have to think hard about, how to make space for things like that.
0: Um, Do you set an alarm in the morning?
1: I do. Um, So when I was, uh, I guess when I was an undergrad, I had this false belief that I didn't need that much sleep. It was totally wrong. You know, I used to operate on much less sleep at that time. And I used to fall asleep in class. Even if I was in the front row, it didn't matter. There's a time when I asked a question and then I fell asleep before <laughs> the answer came back. Wow. So, you know, I learned that sleep is important, um, uh, uh, but I do, you know, I do find it important to set an alarm and, uh, you know, wake up at a given time. I'm very flexible with regards to time schedule. So I don't have a strong biological clock as far as I can tell, you know, so Having an alarm helps me wake up at a time when others would like me to be
0: awake. (laughs) Yeah, and do you hit the snooze button often?
1: No, I don't. I don't give myself the luxury of having time to hit the snooze button. So when the alarm goes off, I wake up.
0: Yeah, Um, if I were to ask your friends, what is Rahul like or what do you think they might say? What might be three adjectives they might use?
1: It's a great question. And unfortunately, I have no idea what the answer is. I don't have a very good model hmm. of what other people, you know, in, including my friends, might think of me. So I think this is a great question to which I have a terrible answer. <laughs> uh, it would be great to poll people. I'd be curious to learn that, but I yeah, I really don't know. I don't have a good model. Yeah,
0: yeah. Um Are you happy with the number of close friends you have?
1: Hmm. Am I happy with it? I am happy with the, so I'm very grateful for the close, close friends I have. I'm, I feel really fortunate to be married to my best friend. And that's something that, you know, that time, and I'm very, I uh, feel very fortunate about that. And I have um, friends from you know, various parts in my life, and I'm you know grateful for all of them. I tend to, I tend to actually um, think of Friends, not just in an abstract way, but I tend to have activities I do with different friends. Mm. So there are friends with whom I do one activity or another activity, but friends in an abstract sense, I don't think I tend to form them. They tend to be around a shared interest. Mm. And those, I tend to gravitate towards people who also have the same passion for whatever it is that we might be doing. You know, it might be something around work, it might be something around an activity you know, like playing games or scuba diving or martial arts. But for me, the set of people that I have tend to be people with whom I enjoy doing an activity. I don't think I'm really, I'm really not that excited about just having, maybe maybe just even this notion of having a conversation by itself is something that is, you know, takes work for me. to. Get <laughs> yeah, into so, yeah, thank yeah.
0: you for doing that.
1: No, it's a, it's a real opportunity and and, you know, it's something that helps me get better.
0: (laughs) Um, What is something you're worse at than people around you?
1: Probably many things. (laughs) Uh, One thing that's amusing that I learned is, um, I'm actually not very good at recognizing faces and remembering people's names. Mm. And uh, I realized that as you know, uh, over time, I realized that I didn't really, I couldn't really recognize these people from conferences and so on. So name tags helped, but then I did actually take a test um, mm. that had come out for face recognition, and I realized that I actually scored, you know, in the bottom 20 percent or something.
0: Interesting. Uh,
1: so uh, yeah, so it, it is really uh, interesting, and sometimes you know it's important for people to realize that maybe when I see you, I might not, I might not know who you are. Uh, and you know, it's not that I don't care about you. It's just, you know, you don't, uh, yeah. After a certain number of people, I think maybe I've just filled up my memory. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And do you remember what this test was called? I didn't know there was such an, it accessible.
1: was a test. It was, it, it had to do with how good people, uh, it, it was a test that had to do with people who are super recognizers, um, hmm. at, at, at face recognition. So I, you know, I was curious, I wonder if I'm one of these people.
0: Yeah. yeah. I am not,
1: I am not, uh, <laughs> 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 um uh I can dig up the test and send it uh send it to you. I think it was uh somewhere in the UK, maybe it was uh one of the UK universities had it and it was featured in um in some news articles. And it was it, it's an interesting test. And it really just looks like random choice. Like I
0: Interesting yeah, I people
1: yeah. and because they're people without context. So I tend to have um very you know clear context of when I'm doing you know, someone. So if I meet someone out of context, I don't necessarily have a um, a good chance of recognizing them. And similarly, if I close my eyes, I don't think I could necessarily reconstruct
0: hmm.
1: even someone like yourself. Like,
0: huh. Interesting. You know, I, I don't
1: think I have a very clear mental mental picture. Interesting. Of uh, people. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, what is your single biggest strength?
1: It's a good question. Um, i don't know that there's something intrinsic I mean I do train for things, so I think I'm good at staying calm in stressful situations, but I don't think it's an intrinsic quality I think it's something that i've valued and developed over time and the activities I do tend to um, tend to give you feedback when you're not being calm in stressful situations so if you're diving and you know with sharks or you're doing martial arts or things. I think these are opportunities for you to train, and they can be helpful in other aspects of, of life as well.
0: Hmm.
1: So I I think that's a skill that I keep trying to work on. Yeah.
0: Um, what is a recurring moral conflict that you struggle with?
1: Hmm. Good question, and I don't think I have one. Um, it could be that I have a very shallow interpretation of life. and I don't know, but I tend not to have moral conflicts. I tend to be faced with a lot of hard decisions and complex decisions on, but I do tend to make them and I don't tend to have regrets. I accept that there are consequences to everything I do and I try to be mindful about them and I try to look at other people and the decisions they make in the context they're making them. And I accept that we make decisions uh, with incomplete information and sometimes we make them for the wrong reasons, but um, you know, I don't think I have a recurring moral conflict.
0: Hmm. Um, are there specific instances, or a specific instance, where you distinctly recall feeling privileged?
1: Hmm. It's a. It happens all the time. I think is the short answer. I think, but in many ways, I might not even be aware of of the cases where you know this privilege is there. It's real because people are uh, making snap decisions, first impressions based on a variety of factors that those are shortcuts or stereotypes. You know, there could be cases where my email address and you know what my institutional email address is happens to give me an advantage or the fact that I happen to look like someone who might be good at the activity that I happen to be in. I think those things are all cases where I do get a lot of benefits and i um i try to be conscious of those times and i try to um think about ways in which uh i can use that to actually uh benefit people around me not just myself i think it's naive to expect that you know we can snap our fingers and this privilege goes away but i think that there are there are a lot of cases where i think um you know who I appear to be to people uh, resonate positively and gives me uh, gives me an edge up. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: Um, what are you insecure about?
1: What am I insecure about? I think trying anything new and uncomfortable is is something that uh, you know I try to do, and it's something that uh, I I view it not as a um, but it's a signal. And when you're trying something that's hard, you know there's a there's a there's a signal that you get, and you can you have to accept it, and you have to say that this is teaching you something. And so I don't really enjoy being on a recorded <laughs> interview, and you know having this go out on YouTube. I do feel insecure about that, but I think for me it's an opportunity to see if that's something where where I can grow. Yeah,
0: yeah. Um, have you felt or do you feel like an imposter?
1: You thought, like, I think anytime when you're doing something where people have expectations and your own internal um, sense on your readiness for that role is uh, you know is match-match, I mean, you could call that an imposter. I think that... Um, I don't think, for me, it's a long-standing... It's a transient sense. And I try to be open to people about it. Hopefully, I'm in an environment where... People I'm working with, I can trust to say that this is you know my current level of readiness. Um, but I feel like I have that luxury, and not all people have that luxury, and it can be an extremely tough thing. So I happen to be in an environment where the people with whom I work, or um, you know, have uh, that I can be open with people when there are situations where I might not be as prepared as I may need to be.
0: Yeah. Yeah, makes
1: sense. You know, I, I think that that's something I don't take for granted. Yeah.
0: What is something you're trying out these days? How is that going?
1: What am I trying out these days? I think um, for me, you know, being stuck at home in COVID. So I, I, I mean, among the things we, you know, we used to like traveling, doing a lot of things. I think part of me is saying during this time when we're at home, what are some ways that I can, you know, benefit from from this possibility, and uh, and for me, the challenge one of the challenges was how do I actually um, get some exercise? And for me, going back to karate, which is something that I used to do back at CMU in the you know '90s on, uh, was really uh, was really good. And so I've been able to practice with people from that time who now practice over over the internet, and you know it, it's been really good. Um, it's because, you know, I've been doing martial arts from that time, but most of the martial arts I was doing more recently have required me to have very close contact with people because, you know, you do joint locks and throws and so on. Those you can't do in isolation. Whereas something like karate, now, you know, I'm able to come back and experience that it's much easier to do that in a, over the internet in some yeah, ways. Yeah. Um, it's different than doing it by yourself. Hmm. over like a podcast and thing because the you can't drive yourself to that same level as you can when you have other live people who are also pushing you on Hmm. and so for me that's been something new i've been trying for the last few months and i've really you know i've really benefited from it yeah
0: yeah um is there a is there a tool or a trick or a hack that you use to make life more fun or efficient or convenient
1: that's a great question. Uh, not right now, but when I used to travel, I never checked in luggage. So I have this kind of one-bag philosophy, and it. Uh, I think it's something that uh, I actually learned from my wife, and we, yeah, we've gone all over with just kind of carry-on luggage, and I think it helps you. Um, yeah, it, it saves time, of course, but there's also uh, an element where it helps you you decide what you really want to bring with you, and to kind of uh, and helps you approach your trip with a little bit more of a mindfulness. Hmm. So I think that's a hack that I encourage people to try yeah. when they're traveling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um,
0: what do you tend to think about when you're not intentionally trying to think about something?
1: I think my mind actually goes blank. I basically am breathing <laughs> and. Uh, yeah, I just defocus, and uh, I think my thoughts stop being very conscious. Um, when I'm, maybe when I'm going to sleep at night, I tend to see, I actually tend to see a lot of martial arts forms in my body moving in various ways mm-hmm. and to try to improve in ways that I'd like to. So it's kind of like using my subconscious to hopefully get better. Yeah. But I find that to be um, I think it's a habit that I've learned because it's the opposite side is to kind of always be um, reflecting back in a conscious way on the things that have happened in the past. I think that pulls me away from being in the present. Mm. So I don't really want to think about the past or the future too much. I really want to be here
0: now. Yeah. 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 What is something surprising about you? Something that I might not guess or others like me might not guess.
1: (laughs) It's a, Good question. And it would require me to have a good model of you, which I don't. Um, but surprising, I mean, maybe people don't know that I've been working from home for you know, for the last 12 years. Mostly I've been working from home and they tend to see me as being connected to an institution in various other places. And you know, they just expect that I've been there, but generally I'm there on a trip rather than being there a um, long time. So I think that's one possibly Surprising aspect. People yeah. may not. Yeah. May not yeah.
0: Um, what is one thing about the world that surprises you?
1: I think one, I think the fact that it's at all explainable is somewhat surprising to me. I, I think we're great as humans you know, at being able to rationalize things, but the fact that our models have, um, you know, some level of predictive value, whether you know they're explicit or kind of implicit but it, it's it's an it's a it's a very interesting phenomenon to me to it's like that the world is so complex but in many ways it's actually quite comprehensible mm. and uh, maybe you know maybe it's that way from an anthropological kind of perspective that maybe the conditions needed in our part of the universe need to be at that Point where there's enough complexity but not such unpredictability. But it, it is still a surprising fact to me. Yeah.
0: Um, is there something recent that happened that was unexpected?
1: Well, I mean, there are things that happen all the time that, you know, I think one thing that happened was I had a power failure the other day and it happened in the middle of uh, a meeting, but because I was on a laptop and I put my Wi-Fi router and my cable modem on uh, UPS, I was actually able to keep going without the power failure affecting me for a while. And I'd done that for a while, and um, I didn't realize that the power had failed. So I think that was a surprising thing that happened, but like the right thing happened. and something that um, uh, that I felt happy about.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: I also dropped my phone the other day and cracked the screen for the first <laughs> oh, no. time. Oh, no. and it was- <laughs> <laughs> surprising, because it's in a case, and it's never happened to me before. And that was, you know, a less pleasant. <laughs>
0: okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, what is one way in which you wish your life was different?
1: I don't. Hmm. I try really to accept where I am now, and I don't have a. Um, yeah, I'm. There are lots of places where I could have done better and there are lots of places where i could be doing better but i don't wish for something different
0: Hmm. um what is something you're looking forward to in the short term like in the next few days or next week or so
1: it's a good question um i think i'm looking forward to being a little less busy but you know i also try really hard to appreciate the nice part about being super busy in this time so I'm looking forward to it uh, in a soft way. You know, I, I think that uh, the last few weeks have been extremely, uh, yeah, extremely stressful and busy at, from a work perspective. And it'd be nice to have a little bit of a, a break.
0: Yeah. yeah. Um, do you think you're average, above average, or below average happy relative to people around you? <laughs>
1: There's no way to know, right? I I don't know how happy other people are, but um, based on what other people think they view me as being, I guess, prepared for things going badly, but optimistic about mm-hmm. the future, which possibly might make me more happy or at least more accepting. Hmm.
0: Yeah. yeah. When was the last time you danced? Never. You've never danced.
1: I don't like to dance <laughs> and I've managed to managed to avoid it.
0: Yes. I see, yeah, yeah. They don't like to dance, I can relate to, but the managing to avoid it um, tends to be challenging. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah.
1: No, that's, not, that's probably another place where I would be below average if I gave it a try. But you know, <laughs> there's also practice. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, what is your most recent dream that you remember?
1: I tend to forget all of my dreams most of the time, Mm -hmm. but I did have a dream of uh, uh, where I was going through an airport without a mask and going through the TSA line, which it's odd to think of that as being a positive experience. But in the time when, you know, we can't travel at all, maybe, you know, my mind is rehearsing (laughs) whether I can do that well, you know, without leaving my stuff behind. But no, that's my... That's a, that's actually something I remember. But in general, I tend to forget my dreams. Hmm. And I don't think they tend to be that interesting. They, they tend to be me doing things that are fairly mundane. Hmm. Um, hmm. Maybe I have like super interesting dreams that, that I forget
0: as well. Who knows? <laughs> um, this is, you already commented on this. So I don't know if you have more to add, but are you more optimistic than people around you or more pessimistic?
1: I don't. I try not to think about it in terms of optimism and pessimism because I don't think there's any reason for things to be better. I mean, things to be better, you know, generally takes hard work, but it's worth trying to aspire to a better state. And I think that process leaves you a happier person. Hmm. So even if you try something hard, you know, it doesn't work out. I think you should accept the consequences of it not having worked out, Um, You shouldn't be doing it solely for the reward, but you shouldn't use pessimism as an excuse not to do things. Because you're going to be here, you're going to be around anyway. You may as well be, you know, trying. Yeah, yeah.
0: Um, Do you think there is a point to life, to our existence?
1: Uh, I've never fully understood that question. I mean, I think that there is no teleological imperative. There's no meaning that, you know, is made beyond what we make. Of ourselves and i maybe i question the degree to which you need a meaning in the first place so so i guess no but i don't think i even want to try to find uh, a meaning to it because i don't think that's necessary for us to live a good
0: life hmm. yeah um what do you struggle with in
1: life i think i struggle with almost everything in the sense that i accept that there's Aspects of life are, are struggles because they're hard, but I try not to view it as a struggle. I really try to blend with it uh, in the same way that if I would approach martial arts, I don't really view it as struggle. There's a, it's hard work and you'll take damage on the way and you, know, you will uh, find it hard to keep going, but that's okay. You can still find something valuable in that um, and, uh, I think that interaction that you have as a complex system with this part, thing, there really is no separation. So you are just part of this very complex system and you should accept it. You should appreciate it. And, um, to expect that it's going to be easy, I think is not the point. I think, so I just, yeah, I, I prefer not to view it as a struggle, but it's hard work.
0: Hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um how do you decide what
1: to work on? Very unscientifically, I think. I think in some cases there are, you know, there are things that external constraints help me do what I'm doing. But I, uh, I tried in the cases where I have freedom, I really let my subconscious drive me to what is done next. And I started doing that much more when I realized that often... In life, we have this weird thing where we put a plan together, but things will always deviate from it. And generally, they're not not—they're uh, not uniform deviation. Things deviate in one way. So, for example, if I go on a trip and I expect to arrive five hours from now on a plane, if I get delayed, I could arrive a, another four hours later. But it's unlikely I'll arrive four hours early. Yeah. So a lot of the unexpected things in our life tend to derail those plans. But you have to also be um, leave space for the opportunities that are positive. I mean, if you've constrained yourself to operating too much on a plan, then you're only going to be exposed to the negative side of unanticipated occurrences. Mm-hmm. And I want, be, I want to be open to the positive, serendipitous moments, and I have to find a way to give them space. Interesting. And so that's something that uh, I think I changed over time to try to try to find ways to make that possible.
0: Yeah. yeah. Um, what are some traits that you found to be in common amongst your best collaborators or colleagues that you've enjoyed mm-hmm. working with?
1: I think people are very different and they, you know, they approach things very differently. And I recognize that when I see people, I'm working with them at a snapshot of their time right now they change over time. Um, but I think two things that I really do value, one is the sense of kind of intellectual curiosity, particularly with collaborators and working with on research and dealing um, dealing well or learning to deal with well with failure. Because as researchers, we experience failure all the time. It could be because we had an idea that seemed good, but it really wasn't. It didn't match the world. Um, it could be cases where you know people made a decision regarding your paper and other things, and you, you got rejected, um, a wide number of things. So I think being able to deal well with failure is something that I think is a skill that's worth developing. And similarly, I think this notion of curiosity is worth cultivating, because that's something where, again, um, the right, you know, good ways to approach a problem, a problem may come from areas where you hadn't anticipated them in the first place. And I take it as an opportunity when I'm working with people to really learn from them, regardless of you know, what our relationship might be, mm-hmm. um, and to really try to view this as a peer relationship when it's about research. So those two things I, I think are important to me. Yeah,
0: yeah. Um, and have you found ways to be able to spot these things like intellectual curiosity or being able to deal with failure um, early on? or
1: yeah. I'd be very arrogant to say that I'm any good at that. But what I can say is that whoever I work with, I try to help them in those two directions as I'm helping myself. Hmm. So I don't kick myself with the starting conditions. I say, this is what we have. This is where we are. And you know how can we get better from it? I mean, I think that there are people who are probably much better at, you know, at spotting the things. But I, I feel that you know, when I look back at the people I collaborated with, I don't think my first impressions are necessarily uh, that accurate. And I I think over time, I just realized that I shouldn't put too much weight on it. Instead, um, yeah, instead, benefit from working with people in the best way possible.
0: Yeah, makes sense. Um, Oceans or hills?
1: (laughs) Under the ocean.
0: Yeah I I could have yeah, guessed not, that one, but yeah
1: I'm not a beach person but I love uh um I love diving uh and uh and I do like you know mountains and so on but it's, uh but I think that in terms of activities I think that I'm yeah really happy under the water
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um what is something you love doing that you're terrible at <laughs>
1: I think a lot of the things that I do, I started out being terrible at, someone told me there was good advice, um, especially for people who've been good in other areas to pick up something that you're terrible at and it's a good learning experience. Mm -hmm. So I was pretty terrible at martial arts, you know, when I started and it was, uh, you know, I got better over time. Uh, But one thing that I'm currently really terrible at is windsurfing. And, you know, my wife and I do try it once in a while, but it is punishing. All the ways, and uh, yeah, and even after spending time trying to get better at it, I'm still terrible at it. Um, and I still do like trying it, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, what is something you did recently that surprised even the people who know you well?
1: I think we have not a lot of data to go on. I think, I think the constraints of kind of being from home, yeah, I don't think I've really had an opportunity to do anything that surprising recently. Maybe if we spoke again, there'd be something to say, but no, I think I'm pretty dry on that one. Yeah.
0: Um, When was the last time you felt like a kid in
1: a candy store? I actually like candy. So I think any time I'm in a candy store, I do feel like a kid in a candy store. But I don't know what that means. I think that if it means um, faced with a kind of paradox of choice, that's maybe not it. I think that i I think there are lots of times where I feel a sense of joy with what I'm doing, and that is uh, I try to find that in pretty much everything I'm doing, hmm. but I think it's a, um, it's cultivating an attitude and it's a skill, and so you know I try to find that even when I'm cleaning a train.
0: <laughs> um. What is something you didn't like at the time, but you're
1: glad it happened? Glad it happened. So a couple of years ago, we were about to go on a trip, uh, a a nice scuba diving vacation, a couple of weeks. And the day before I happened to leave, uh, I had a single point of failure. I put my passport, camera, everything in one bag, and I briefly went to visit a friend and my stuff got stolen. Oh,
0: wow.
1: And so my wife and I lost our passports, I, you know, computers, my backup stuff, like
0: wow.
1: almost everything. And so we were completely uh, stranded. So that was really hard at the time for a moment because, you know, it meant we were um, stuck in transit without all these things. Uh, so the experience was, uh, was valuable in... Um, not in the fact that yeah you're being resilient about your vacation, but what I actually did also lose was when I came back, I learned that the backups that I had about all my papers and you know, my CD and so on also got trashed. My hard disk died. So I actually lost all that material. Um, wow. So I don't have you know source code for a lot of things, except for what was in the cloud. and um, then I realized it actually made zero impact on my life. <sighs> <laughs> you know, so so this thing that I was attached to um, you know, was really not that important. Mm-hmm. And yes, I got the new spot, a new passport, got a new laptop. It was empty. And, you know, I, uh, we went back on the trip six months later and it was a fantastic trip. And, uh, you know, I never bothered making my CV again because at some <laughs> point I will, but I don't need to in between. And, um, yeah, I accept the fact that you know, the postscript files or whatever you know, I have of some of my old work is, all I have. But it did remind me that um, we have this expectation of wanting something to be permanent, wanting to hoard something, being attached to it, and attaching value to these things, even memories. And really, they don't really matter that much. Um, it And I think it helped ground me, like it helped force me to say, look, you know, if you really do value your present rather than your past and future, then this is an opportunity to really, uh, experienced that. And, uh, so I'm not thrilled that it happened, but I, you know, I, um, I found it a valuable lesson and I, I had talked to other people who, you know, mentioned to me that, um, it, you know, they'd had accidents or been paralyzed and other things and that people's happiness level returns. Home, and that in many ways, uh, you know, the things that we think we value a lot, are really not that important. And maybe that can help us let go of some of the fears that we have in life in general. Oh, yeah. Interesting. And I think maybe generalizing to that, I think accepting your own mortality, the fact that you are you know, a very transient pattern here, I think it's valuable. Uh, do.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um, what do you easily get nostalgic about?
1: Well, I think it's probably not that surprising that I don't get nostalgic. I think I uh, I really believe the past is an illusion, and uh, and the future doesn't exist.
0: Hmm.
1: So for me, I really the feeling I, was, I, I really try to bring that more towards gratitude about what I have right now, and ideally in the particular moment that I'm in, and uh, and that if I see ways where i could improve that then that's probably where i should be focusing my energy than to imagine a time when things were different or better
0: Hmm. yeah um describe something that made you smile today
1: i think uh, i think this interview in itself has made me (laughs) smile you know it's uh something that i was uh approaching with some (laughs) trepidation but you know it's a yeah, it's been, it's been a lot more fun than, you know, I would have imagined it to be. So thank you. Yeah.
0: Um, what What is some of the best advice you've gotten or given?
1: Uh, one piece of good advice I got was actually from my, uh, from my wife. I don't know if she gave it to me or someone else, but it was to, often when we're struggling to make decisions, we try to ask, you know, our friends and others, you know, what should we do? Instead, she Found it, she said it's really valuable to ask people how to do things but not to ask them whether to do something or why you should do something so it's um, you know it's really good to ask experts how to get better at something or if I were to do this how would I do it um, because it both frees them from the burden of your decision and helps you learn something and so you don't end up being in a place where you know you make some decision and then you blame your friends or mentors for making that decision. Instead, you've learned something about, if I were to do this, what's the best way to do that? If I were to do that, and then that helps you develop an informed perspective Mm -hmm. on your decision. Um, Similarly, I think a lot of people, let's say they're in grad school, they talk to their grad school colleagues about what it'd be like to become a faculty member or go to an industrial research. The people they're talking to maybe don't have the context Mm -hmm. of what it'd be like, so it is not as helpful. So you should try to talk to people who actually have experience in those specific areas, again, on how to do well in those situations. So I think that's a piece of advice that I try to keep in mind, even when I'm talking to other people and when I'm requesting
0: advice. Yeah, yeah makes sense. Um, why did you agree to do this interview with me?
1: <laughs> uh, you asked me and uh, my first inclination was, no, this is not something <laughs> I want to do. Um, but, you know, I, uh, I thought through it and I think the reasons for me declining weren't, yeah, weren't as good as the reasons for me to do it. And if someone does find it interesting to listen to our chat, you know, I think that's probably, that's probably better than the discomfort I might feel in trying something like this. <laughs> so I'm, you know, grateful for the opportunity and glad we got a chance to do it. Oh,
0: yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so I, I, I mentioned this to you that I already going in, um, I had a sense that I think people will find it valuable, but now having actually gone through most of the conversation, I'm even more convinced that people will find it valuable. So thank you um, for doing it.
1: No, thank you so much. Uh, and uh, I'm really interested in seeing how some of your other conversations go, because I can imagine that, you know, they show different facets of people I might already know, and uh you know help me become become better at things
0: yeah yeah um so this is everything i had is there anything about you or your life that you think would have been useful to talk about that we didn't get to
1: you did a great job covering a lot of things i think one thing about my life that i now um find valuable is that i've actually grown up all over the world i moved uh, when i was young and i think at the time I just took it for granted, but now I actually see that it gave me uh, a lot of, a, lot of, a, a very valuable perspective mm. on how people in different contexts are very different, but there's something really interesting to see in each of these places. And that to come up with some stack ranking in your own mind is really unhealthy. Mm. Um, and I think it helped me uh, appreciate the world in a better place doesn't mean that that's the only way to get there but I think for me that journey I think was was valuable um it happened at a time you know so many of the people I knew from that time I don't necessarily have stay in touch with because it's pre-internet and not but but I think the experiences have been valuable for me Hmm. in shaping you know how I got here
0: interesting yeah um so that's everything. Um, thanks again. Thanks for doing this. I know you weren't thrilled <laughs> by the idea, um, but thank, thank you. Thank you so much,
1: maybe. But, uh, but I think that this format is a really interesting one. And uh, yeah, I really wish you the best in your future conversations. <laughs> and point me to them as they become available. Yeah,
0: I definitely will. I definitely will. Thank you. Thanks. All bye. right, bye.